Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Our thanks to Adams Road Band for that musical introduction. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we're looking at a conference message titled Eternal Truth. It was given by John C. Pingree, Jr. He is a member of the First Quorum of the Seventy in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Before we go on, Eric, with his conference message, I think we ought to read a couple of statements. Let's start with Joseph Smith when it comes to the subject of truth. What is, what is found in Teachings of the Prophet Joseph Smith, page 316? We should gather all the good and true principles in the world and treasure them up, or we shall not come out true Mormons. Now, that's interesting that he uses the word Mormon, because the 17th president of the church we assume, was telling members the truth when he said, you should not call yourself a Mormon. You don't use the word Mormonism, and you certainly don't call it the Mormon Church. You call it the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yet, in the early years, the Church was called the Church of Christ, and then for four years, it was called the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Now, they can call themselves whatever they want. I really don't care, but I think Russell M. Nelson, and I've said it many times, kind of overstepped his bounds when he said that if you don't call it the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, that you're offending the Savior and you're giving Satan a victory. Well, when it comes to this word Mormon, here we have the prophet of the LDS Church using the word Mormon, and he doesn't seem to have a problem with it. Here's another one, History of the Church, Volume 5, page 499. He said, one of the grand fundamental principles of Mormonism is to receive truth, let it come from whence it may. Now here again, Joseph Smith uses a taboo word, at least in modern times. He's not supposed to use the word Mormonism. And yet Joseph Smith didn't seem to have a problem with it. Now, this is, I know, could probably be considered nitpicky by some Latter-day Saints, but we're just trying to look at their entire history and the commands that they are given as a people to see, do these things really make sense? In this case, was Russell M. Nelson telling the truth? Was Jesus really offended whenever a Latter-day Saint referred to their church as the Mormon church? Was Satan really getting a victory? Was it really true that Satan was getting a victory whenever a Latter-day Saint called the church the Mormon church? I don't think so. Well, and I think at our Utah Christian Research Center, we have a display on this very topic. And what we did is we took the April 1990 talk given by Russell M. Nelson as an apostle, t talking about from the Doctrine and Covenants, this is how my church is supposed to be called. And then six months later, it was followed up in October of 1990 by Gordon B. Hinckley, at that time the first counselor of the first presidency. His title was Mormon Should Mean More Good. Well, 
I mean, they disagreed, apparently, these two guys. And I think probably Nelson, if he had the power at that time, probably would have made this edict before 2018. He waited until he became the president. I still think they lost the greatest marketing strategy uh, of all time because everybody knew what the word Mormon meant. It had a meaning to it. I am a Mormon campaign. They did. They used it in their in their marketing, and so all of a sudden, 2018, to counter what somebody like Joseph Smith said, and many many other uh, leaders have used that term, including Gordon B. Hinckley in a book from the 1940s. What of the Mormons? So, yeah, and I should mention in chapter three, at the beginning of chapter three, he refers to it as the Mormon Church. Yeah. <laughs> so was he offending Jesus at the time? Bill, if you followed the example of those earlier leaders, were you possibly offending Jesus all along until you finally learned the truth in 2018? Uh, I think you're bringing out a good point when we're quoting Joseph Smith using the term Mormon and Mormonism. Is it just an arbitrary decision because one leader did not like the usage of Mormon? It becomes his personal opinion which I think John Pingree is going to mention in this talk. that That's not always a good source, his personal opinions. But let's not forget, you mentioned the I Am a Mormon campaign, and there was a film called Meet the Mormons. That was all during the time of Thomas Monson. He didn't seem to have a problem with it. And this is after Doctrine and Covenants, Section 115, where that edict is found that Russell M. Nelson always turns to. It had been there for quite a long time. So was Monson offending Jesus when he started that campaign? Was he offending them when he allowed the website mormon.org to be put together? You see, for all this talk about truth, you have to ask yourself, is Nelson telling members the truth? And I would argue, uh, partially, yes, it does say in DNC 115 that that is the, the proper name of the church. But it wasn't always the name of the church. It just didn't seem to be something that bothered a lot of Latter-day Saints throughout their history. Let me go back to what we were talking about yesterday in this talk underneath the section, God Reveals Eternal Truth. And uh, Pingree had said, first, God is the source of eternal truth. He and his son, Jesus Christ, have a perfect understanding of truth and always act in harmony with true principles and laws. Now, you notice th those are two different arguments, though. I, I don't think any of us would argue if we're talking about the God of the Bible and the Jesus of the Bible, that they do have a perfect understanding of truth and they always act in harmony with true principles and laws. We would not argue that. But the first part of this, the first sentence, he says that God is the source of eternal truth. And as we were talking about yesterday, how can that possibly be true in light of the fact that Joseph Smith taught that his God was not always God, that his God was once a human being, and we assume as a human being was probably just as flawed as we are, and none of us would ever say that we are the source of truth. Folks, you have to understand that in the scheme of Mormonism, the one they call Elohim or Heavenly Father, you could say he's kind of at the end of the line here when it comes to this long line of gods. It doesn't mean in Mormonism that those other gods that preceded him are no longer gods. It's just that Heavenly Father or Elohim is at the end of the line. 
are we really to assume that with all these other gods that preceded the one they refer to as God, that somehow Elohim kind of pushed his way back among all those other gods and say, hey, I'm going to give you guys all what is true. So making him the source of all truth, it's mind boggling to even think about such a nonsensical idea. Of course, Latter-day Saints would say, well, that's not doctrine. Well, of course it's not doctrine. Much of this is speculation. And they don't write those kind of things down. And that's what makes it difficult sometimes to follow where this church is going on some of these things. Because while they might talk a big game about truth, and Mr. Pingree's talking a, a big game here, some of the things he says, we would agree with. Certainly we can't agree with all of it, and we do not agree when he says that his God is the source of eternal truth. He continued, This power allows them to create and govern worlds as well as to love, guide, and nurture each one of us perfectly. They want us to understand and apply truth so we can enjoy the blessings that we can enjoy the blessings they do. They may impart truth in person or more typically through messengers such as the Holy Ghost, angels, or living prophets. The Holy Ghost, angels, or living prophets. Now, when it comes to angels, I would think that's probably a reference to Moroni. And of course, the story in Mormonism is that Joseph Smith claimed in 1823 he was visited by an angel who called himself Moroni, who told Joseph Smith about a gold record, a record that was written on gold plates. This is what Moroni said. And he knew where those plates were buried, but Smith was not allowed to retrieve those plates for another four years. But I'm sure that's what he's referring to when he says that you can receive truth through angels. Now, the whole story of the coming forth of the Book of Mormon, is that something that we can say is based in truth? Now, Latter-day Saints would argue yes, but when you look at a lot of the facts surrounding that story, you find a lot of problems. Going on where he says the Holy Ghost, angels, or living prophets. Now, that certainly narrows it down to the prophets that are a part of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It certainly doesn't go beyond those boundaries when it comes to living prophets. Now, and what I mean by that is, if you had someone claiming to be a living prophet today, but they are not a part of the LDS Church, naturally, Latter-day Saints would not see that person as being a true prophet. He went on and he made a second point. He says, second, the Holy Ghost testifies of all truth. He reveals truths to us directly and witnesses of truth taught by others. Impressions from the Spirit typically come as thoughts to our minds and feelings to our hearts. Now, Bill, the, the footnote where it says testifies of all truth, that the Holy Ghost does that, he quotes Moroni 10.5, which says, and by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may know the truth of all things. But that is preceded by verse 4, which is oftentimes used by Latter-day Saints when you have read the Book of Mormon, that you can ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. Here is the difference between Mormonism and evangelical Christianity, because in Mormonism, you are supposed to pray about this and hope to receive a feeling that something is true. And yet, we have talked about this often, where feelings can mislead us and 
actually have us do the opposite of what is true. I was just reading an article that contained a lot of testimonies from members of the LDS Church. They were talking about how they came to believe the Book of Mormon to be the Word of God. And Eric, I've got to say, it was painful reading some of these testimonies because they were so sadly shallow as to how they came to believe the Book of Mormon. And like you say, much of it was just, I read it and I got a feeling. I just felt this was from God. How would you know? How do you really know what is of God? And many times when we talk to Latter-day Saints, they are woefully ignorant of what the Word of God teaches on a lot of very important issues. And yet somehow they feel that the spirit that they are feeling, whatever it is that they're feeling, is from the Holy Spirit. But even as Mr. Pingree would admit in this article, the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to truth. A false spirit is going to lead you away from truth. Every single Latter-day Saint that we have talked to who has left the church all claim to have that feeling that the Book of Mormon was true. They all at one time had a testimony that the church was true, that the living prophet at that time was, in fact, a spokesman for God, and that the Book of Mormon was true as well. And now they no longer believe it. Now, the reasons could be varied as to how they came to that conclusion, but the fact remains, they obviously went to something else other than personal feelings to draw the secondary conclusion that much of what they learned as Latter-day Saints was not correct. We must always remember Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.